0: Welcome into the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity and Happy New Year to all of you who are listening. It's finally 2021, uh, but we still got one final game left of the 2020 regular season for the Houston Texans and therefore one podcast left of the regular season. And then, of course, the Deep Slant Podcast. We won't be on every week, but we will be on throughout the offseason. So be sure to keep listening because I always try to get some good guests here in the offseason. And it promises to be a very exciting offseason as the Texans turn their attentions to the head coach and the general manager search. I'm sure it's going to be a very, very busy, busy time. Uh, for the Houston Texans. But first, this week's podcast is a fun one. I got to sit down with Keon Crossan, who's been having some great games. He started the last three games. Um, He's been here since 2019, was traded from the Patriots, and he's really stepped into his role nicely. We saw him against A.J. Green have four passes defense, something that no Texans cornerback had done since week 17 of the 2015 season. And it seemed like every time there was a big play made on the ball, it was Keon coming up uh, there against that Bengal game. And then we turn our attention to the Tennessee Titans. The Texans hope to play spoiler in this week 17 season finale as the Titans try to make their playoff push and try to win the AFC South. And the Texans try to stop them because Deshaun Watson is undefeated against the Titans at home. He hopes to make it three in a row. And I have a chance to sit down with Titans team reporter Amy Wells and talk to her about what this Titans team expects from a 4-11 and Texans team that Might be better than what they show on the record, especially since the last time these two teams faced, it was a battle that went into overtime. So that's all coming up on this podcast. But first, experience reliably fast Wi-Fi speeds and more in a snap. With Xfinity XFi, you get the speed, coverage, control, and security you need for the ultimate in-home Wi-Fi experience. This internet is more than just fast. It's Xfinity, proud partner of the Houston Texans and proud partner of the Deep Slant Podcast. So let's get right into it. I had a chance to stand with Keon Cross, he tells some great stories, including one of how he played Deshaun Watson in practice when he was up with the New England Patriots and, and lots more. Here he is, Keon Crossen, on the Deep Slant Podcast, presented by Xfinity. Especially after the season, things have been so crazy, so up and down, but you have just been a real pleasure to watch on the field this year. How has this season felt for you? I know it's year three. I know it's not the outcome of the Texans record that you wanted, but what about for you personally? How has this season felt for you?
1: You know, first off, it's always a blessing just to play an entire NFL season. Um, that's a hard part in itself, uh, just to get through every game. You know, I've just been, you know, taking the opportunities that I've been given um, along with the work I put in while I was waiting for the opportunity. So I think that's what most people kind of they fail to realize that, you know, opportunities just come. You got to wait for them and wait for them, and but in that process, you got to work for it, work for it, and continue to work. And that's what I was doing. So when I did get my opportunity, I tried to make the best of it. So when I got there, I can not only do well for my teammates and myself, but I can put on the show for uh, for the fans.
0: Yeah, Romeo Cornell said that. He said that you. Have gotten better and better every single week you you may have made some mistakes, but you always learn from them and you make the most of your opportunities you lead the Texans and special teams tackles you have four passes defensed in that Bengals game it seems like every week you're sort of setting a new career high for yourself uh so let's start with let's start with that Bengals game because I feel like going up against a j green that had to have been a tall task for you. what was that like for you and and what really worked for your game in, in facing a guy like green
1: honestly uh just do my film study. I think that's a really big uh, film study and try to take what coach say from the film study to the practice field um, all week. And then you try to correlate uh, formations. You try to co- correlate uh, different route concepts from what you see from practice to the game. So I uh, just try to catch, uh, catch jumps on receivers, uh, look at releases, look at different things of footwork. And then, you know, the cornerback position is all about the mastery of the eyes, how good are your eyes, how good are your feet, how good are your hands. And as you know, like some mistakes, like the, uh, yeah, I played some good coverage on him, but like the, the stop and go. Um, like on that play, I was definitely thinking he was going to do a curl. I was going to jump and try to pick six it. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, it's a game of mastering the eye. So, uh, like I say, it wasn't, you know, AJ Green's a great receiver and uh, I got much respect for that guy. And uh, at the end of the day, um, I like challenges. I love challenges and uh, I'm going to accept them, whether it's AJ Green, it could be, you know, uh, Tanya Brown, it could be you know Stephon Diggs, whoever it may be. Um, I'm gonna accept the challenge because that's kind of competitor I am. I compete when I'm in a white, and uh, my standard for myself is out of this world. You know that game in Cincinnati for me was that was a decent game. I like the things that I'm doing, but I always look for room for improvement. So you know the things that you're good at for me is my philosophy. The thing that I'm good at, I don't harp on it a lot. I look on the, look at the things that I can work on and improve on. And that's why I guess coach say I I correct my mistakes, my mistakes. And that's what I try to do.
0: We saw you mic'd up a few weeks ago as well against the Colts. (laughs) Um, Saw a little bit of your personality coming out on the field. Is that what you're really like on on the field? Um, Just a lot of talk, a lot of energy.
1: Every single Sunday. Uh, Like I said, um, you know, you got to think of a guy like myself. I was always told, oh, you're too small or, you know, you know, you won't make it to the NFL because of this. You come from a D1AA school. Nobody knows about you. And it's just things like that that you just keep in mind. And, um, you know, I have, I have some coaches tell me, like, you know, you know, I wasn't a cornerback. I was an NFL cornerback. And when I think of that stuff, it drives me. So when I'm on the field, especially on defense, we know we can do on special teams. I get busy on special teams. When I get on the defense, my mindset flips like a whole other switch on because at the end of the day, I'm about to prove – why I should be on the field and why I deserve to be on the field and and why I earn my right to be on the field um, on defense. And that's what I'm all about. And I'm going to make sure I show that with my play, not just my talk.
0: I mean, you you are persistent. I mean, you've come in and you've really made a name for yourself. You've waited for your opportunity. Now you're taking significant snaps. You're you're starting on defense. You're playing on special teams. Was there somebody along the way? I mean, you you mentioned the people that had said that you couldn't do it, but was there somebody along the way that really gave you the encouragement or – or sort of gave you that positive reinforcement that yeah you know what you can you can really make it in this league
1: um yeah I mean I had guys like uh Michael Thomas you know Mike T I always say that's that's my guy you know when Bradley Rowe, those guys was here even Will Fuller when he was here um DeAndre Hopkins when he was here you know all those guys J.J. Reed Justin Reed they, you know they all just kept me t- keep working keep working keep working and um the opportunity going not come and that's when I was that's all I kept doing and you know those guys kept you know whispering in my ear because at times you get frustrated and you're like, man, why well, I'm not playing? You know, and um, you try you try to keep your head up and stay focused. But like I said, I got great teammates. You know, all of, all of us work hard. We work hard as hell. You know, despite what anybody say, we work hard. Nobody comes to try to lose every game, and we just try to do our best to win uh, for the Texans. And you know, there's some things that may not went right this year, but at the end of the day, we a family. We stick together, and we try to do everything that we can every Sunday to win. And uh that's what. That's what that's the main thing I think my teammates done for me. Just keep encouraging me. He kept my head up. and uh, When I made plays in practice, we celebrated just like I was a starter. So <laughs> that's what it's all about.
0: Speaking of practice, I read somewhere that back in 2018, uh, when you were on scout team, you they asked you when you were at the Patriots um, to play the role of Deshaun Watson oh. in practice. Is that true? Is that a true story? That is a true story.
1: I ran probably about – Seven reps in a row, I want to say six or seven reps in a row, just scrambling like Deshaun. (laughs) Uh, and I actually knew Deshaun before the NFL. He came up to Western one time and kind of threw to our wideouts and everything because his brother was out of safety. So, yeah, we I was like, dang, I know that guy. And they asked me to do it, I was like, oh, I'm about to do a lot of running (laughs) today. I always call me. I know you can hear my mic up. I was like, This guy's just a magician. He's a magician. He's magical.
0: <laughs> you are. Yeah. And you're mic'd up when you're watching Deshaun on the field. You did say he's a magician. Would you, how was your impression of Deshaun? What would you rate out? Was it pretty you know magical? It, it,
1: he's, 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 he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Um, I mean, this guy, just from seeing his work ethic, guy studies, the guy comes every day to work, uh, don't complain about anything. And, you know, he leads. And I think that's what you got to look forward to when you look at a quarterback you leader of the team. Uh, And then you can expect the expectation of his standard of going out every game and playing hard and keeping us in the game, essentially. Uh, We can expect that every week. And, you know, when you got a quarterback like that, you got a chance. And that's all we need is a chance. And, uh, like I said, I got much respect for that guy. Shout out to Sean, man. Also, I ate at, at his uh, restaurant, Lefty. Good food. <laughs> So uh yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, you're 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 a big fan of Deshaun's. You know who was a fan of yours is Anthony Weaver. You were he he was asked about <laughs> you and he's he was like, I love that guy. I love Keon. He's got so much hustle, he's got so much energy. And then he also said, You're like a gnat. You know, oh, like a wow. little like I, I guess that he meant that as a compliment to opposing wide <laughs> oh, nice. receivers. Like you're in their face. Oh, actually,
1: dang, I get on his nerves. Hey. No, just kidding. <laughs> You know, I try How, to what do you what
0: do you think about when he's when you find out that he calls you a gnat? But but in a loving in the most loving way possible.
1: Oh, I love it. That means uh you know, you're irritative. Uh that means you can be disruptive. Um and when you look at like I say, when you look at the defensive back position, you know, everybody looking at you like, oh, he just gotta play, you know, bomb through on him or whatever, twenty yards, whatever. And then like to me that doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? It's about the next play and I'm about limiting the receiver, not completely shutting them down. Cause I think that's impossible. I mean, these guys get paid millions of dollars. Uh So I think, you know, you got to understand is, you know, those guys throw their pads as well as I do. So it's about limiting the receiver. You know, I can go a game where like last game, you know, four receptions, I think like 64 yards, no touchdowns, a good game. T.Y. Hill and no touchdowns, a good game. You that's know what I mean? Game, yeah. A Roberts from Chicago is good game. No touchdowns. That's all I'm about. So, at the end of the day, it's about being consistent, limiting your receivers. And that's, that's the net I try to be. Um, and if that works within the scheme of our defense to help my teammates and us win, that's what I do. I don't try to do anything more, anything less. I try to help us win to the best of my ability doing my job.
0: All right. Well, you, you said that you're not quite where you want to be. So now with the offseason approaching, yeah. what are some things that you want to get better at, things that you know that you, you're going to start working on once the season's over for you?
1: Um, just consistency and footwork, um, hand placement. Definitely, uh, always do judgment drills with the ball, and um, just understanding football better. I think uh, the longer you play this game, the more you learn. Uh, I don't think you can ever stop learning in this game because it's evolving. You know, it's different from back in the 90s and the 80s, where you had powerhouse, wishbone, run game. Now you got RPO, pass game, run game mix. You got quarterbacks like Deshaun, Lamar. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, you got receivers, you know, such as uh, Green and Hill and uh, Keenan Allen. You got guys like that who, you know, changing change the pre- perception of the game, become a faster game. So, uh, I'm just going to try to perfect my technique, try to get some get, get with some of the guys like Steph Gilmore and work on my technique and uh, just get better.
0: You think you'll go back east?
1: Yeah, I normally go, go back uh, east and uh get with some and how about your me, master's
0: in theology? Is is do you, you pick up where you left off?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely, well, definitely. I'm gonna uh, do some do some speeches, uh go to some churches and do my thing. So uh it's gonna be fun. It's definitely gonna be fun.
0: All right, we're looking forward to it. Uh congrats on, on a great season for you, you personally and uh best of luck here in this final game and in the off season, Keon.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you.
0: Good stuff from Keon Cross. in last year, he donated uh, so much money to his um, uh, youth basketball league that he that he grew up playing with, and he's pursuing his theology master's degree as well. So he'll have a busy off season. We'll be sure to keep up with him. I had a chance to sit down with him in the off season as well and do a Zoom interview. So hopefully the players are back in the building. It's a somewhat normal OTAs um, in springtime. So we'll just have to just hope that it looks more like 2019 than 2020 here in this off season. All right, but for now, we've got one final game of the 2020 regular season. It's against the Tennessee Titans. It's at home. It's Fan Appreciation Day. And we had a chance to catch up with Amy Wells, Titans team reporter, and find out what these Tennessee Titans think heading into NRG Stadium on Sunday. It's the regular season finale for the Texans. The Titans hope it's not their 2020 finale. They hope to make the postseason. So, Amy, tell me what's the attitude of this Titans team. They're facing a Texans team with – A losing record, but a lot at stake for Sunday's game.
2: Absolutely. And the real thought process around the Tennessee Titans team right now is just win one game. Like, it really is that simple. You have to win one game. It kind of takes the pressure off. It takes the daunting postseason Off, you know, I mean, it makes it really easy if you think, okay, we need to win one game. That's all we have to do. And so the Titans are coming off of some frustrating games. The game against the Green Bay Packers did not go the way that anybody wanted it to go. And so I think that really just refocusing on the task at hand, which is winning a singular game, really brings everything into focus, brings everything down, and is really helping guys kind of focus in and be very specific about what they need to do this Sunday.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Sunday's game. We watched that Sunday night game. They could have locked up the division with a win against the Packers. Obviously, that didn't happen. Ryan Tannehill threw two interceptions, which is kind of uncharacteristic for him, Uh, How much was the weather a factor? How does he sort of bounce back from that performance?
2: Yeah, I think the weather was definitely a factor. I mean, it's weather that, frankly, the Tennessee Titans don't see very often. We don't play a lot of really cold weather games, and that's not really weather that we experience in Nashville. We don't get that driving snow very often. And as a sideline reporter, I can tell you it was very cold and very snowy. It looked very cold. (laughs) It was very cold and very snowy. Um, However... There were also a lot of other factors that played into that. The offensive line did not play their best game, especially up against a Packers defensive front that is really, really strong. Um, The Titans have seen a lot of turnover on their offensive line. They're on their third left tackle right now. And they're pretty banged up as a unit. And so that's something that they had to overcome and really kind of experience some problems with on Sunday. Ryan Tannehill didn't have a great game. Uh, There were a lot of factors that kind of led into that, but I think that that's going to be something that typically we see him really kind of focus in and be very intentional about fixing some of the problems he encounters when he has a game like that. And I expect that this week it will be exactly the same way. He'll focus in on fixing some of the things, whether it's a communication issue, whether it's a protection issue, whether there's some sort of technique that he needs to fix. He'll, he'll find those problems and he'll correct them. He studies like a machine. He's great at leading this Titans offense and Ryan Tannehill will get the trains back on track.
0: Well, if there's one player that we have to mention, when we talk about the Tennessee Titans. It's Derek Henry, which brings us to our next gen stat presented by AWS. Derrick Henry currently leads the league in rushing yards. He's got 1,777 rushing yards, Um, obviously he's a huge part of that offense as we saw in week six when he rushed for that touchdown in overtime against the Texans. It seems like no matter what defense is facing him, he has a big game. So is there an Achilles heel for Derrick Henry? Is there any way
2: to stop him? Have you seen any weakness in his game? I think the short answer is no, um, because Derrick Henry just kind of seems like this larger than life, almost like character, you know? I mean, Watching him play, it seems like as the game goes on, he just gets stronger and stronger. There have been teams that have been able to slow him down and have been able to prevent him from having just the dynamic games that we see where he puts up these crazy stats. But he's a guy that is consistent, and he is intentional with the way that he runs, and he's patient. He'll keep grinding and grinding and grinding until finally – a defense will break and then he is able to take advantage of that. And that's how we see some of those long runaway yardage um, runs that he's had. So, I mean, I want to say he's human. And of course there are things that he he struggles with and, but I don't really know what they are because we've seen him be such a strong player this year and really just take advantage of defenses and find the holes in them. Um, He's worked really hard on things like pass catching this year and being able to contribute in multiple ways in an offense. So, yeah, he's human and there are ways to stop him, but I don't really know what they are. She's not giving us any secrets, guys. Um, (laughs) All right. How
0: about your wide receivers, AJ Brown and Corey Davis? They're both having tremendous seasons as well, and they could both pass a thousand yards receiving. They're really, really close. They could actually do it on Sunday. How do those two complement each other? How do they fit in that Titan's office? What what makes them different from each other?
2: My gosh, it's been so much fun this year to watch those two be successful and be successful together because they're actually like buddies. <laughs> so and they're really cheering for each other and are really excited to be potentially accomplishing this goal at the same time. They're definitely different receivers, as you mentioned before. Um, AJ is definitely that deep threat who we've seen have some of the crazy showman catches um, the one handed, the jumping, the flying. I mean, AJ Brown really has a catch radius that is unbelievable. Um, As far as Corey Davis, he's so consistent. He's a guy that's able to get a tremendous amount of yards after the catch, which is a great thing, but he's also been great in so many other facets of the offense. He's a great blocking receiver. You know, he's a guy that's not afraid to get in there and get physical and really be a teammate, you know, and make sure that the offense is running on all cylinders, no matter what the situation is. He's so cool. He's so calm and collected. Um, the two of them together are just a great pair to have because they're so much fun to watch. And you know that in any situation, one of those two guys can catch the football. Well, that Titans
0: defense will be without Jadevian Clown. And we saw that he went on IR last month. Um, they've seemed to really have struggled in their losses. The Titans defense just collectively giving up about 40 points in their last two losses to the Packers and the Browns. Um, also, it's interesting that they're last in the league. Uh, When it comes to sacks, they only have 15 sacks on the season. So surprising considering their record and how they've played so far this season. How much of a concern is that for the defense moving forward, especially with a head coach and Mike Vrabel?
2: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of things that need to be fixed. Um, And there is nobody who is more aware of that than Mike Vrabel. That's uh, that's his specialty. That's his side of the ball. You know, um, being a former linebacker, he cares a lot about that the issues that the Tennessee Titans are having are due to injuries. I mean, just the outside linebacker alone, there's been so many changes this season. There's been so many injuries, same in the secondary, Uh, Dory Jackson is back, but he missed the first 13 weeks of the season. So he's still just getting his feet under him. You know, he's playing with a guy like Desmond King, who was signed in the middle of the season. So a lot of the areas where you see chemistry being a big part the Tennessee Titans don't necessarily have that because there's so many new pieces parts moving in and out all the time. So there's a lack of consistency on that side of the ball when it comes to personnel. And that leads to a lot of communication problems, I think. And that seems to be the overarching issue within the Titans defense is communication and just making sure that everybody knows where they need to be and what they need to do and is communicating what they're seeing And we see them work on that a lot in practice and making sure that everybody's talking and everybody is utilizing the hand signals or whatever it is that they're doing to explain what it is that they're seeing to one another. And I think that that's something that maybe didn't happen as much in Green Bay, that communication fell off a little bit. So to be able to get that back for the Houston Texans is going to be really helpful for this Titans team. All right, Amy, after
0: that the uh, first matchup between these two teams in week six, we saw Taylor Lewan went on on IR and, and had season-ending knee surgery. And in his place, one of my favorite stories, David Questenberry, um, he has stepped in at left tackle, got his first career start. I remember covering him when he was diagnosed with cancer in OTAs and how he found out and, and him ringing the bell when he was finally cancer-free. His family is still very much active in the Houston community, and, and I think a lot of people here in Houston have really cheered on his success and are genuinely very happy for him. What are your thoughts on Questenberry and how he has fit into that role? He's had a lot of time to sort of prepare. He's a 2013 draft pick, so he's had a lot of years in the league, a lot of mental reps, I think he would call them, but you know, what about his success so far this year and, and how he's really fit into that O-line?
2: You know, he's really been a consistent player at that spot and you're absolutely right. He's had such a journey and I was fortunate enough to be able to talk to him after his first start against Indianapolis and man, he was just very emotional and it's something that was a long time coming for him to have a, be a starter just in general and then to have the big games that he's played and the success that he's had at that spot I mean, it's great. Ben Jones is a guy who was with him in Houston, kind of went through that journey with him. So for them to be able to be playing together on the same line has been great. That whole group of guys is so close as I mean, a lot of offensive linemen are in around the league. Those rooms tend to be a little bit close, but they've all really rallied around Quest and Mary, and they've really just taken him in and are so excited for him. And on top of it, he's playing well, you know, so it's been such an exciting thing. But to see how emotional he was after that first start and really realize that he was accomplishing something that he had. Worked for and fought for for years and years it was a really cool thing for this team to be a part of and to kind of rally around him and see that was awesome. But I have to point out, you said that he rang the bell when he was cancer free. He destroyed that bell he did. when he, he was cancer free. <laughs> it's probably one of my favorite videos that has resurfaced in 2020 is him just ripping that ball right off or the bell right off of the wall. <laughs>
0: I do remember that. And and we were just so happy for him because, you know, he lost a lot of weight, then he gained a lot of weight. I just remember in the offseason, we used to call it Questenberry's Hill when he was rehabbing and working his way back. He was just up and down the same hill, right? Right alongside Kirby between Kirby and the practice field. So just really happy for him um, and his success. Just maybe, maybe not, maybe just don't get a win on Sunday against the Texans. I mean, I don't think that's really asking for too much, but you know what? We'll see how it goes a Sunday. We, we saw the game. It's flexed to 325. So Amy, thank you so much for the time. Safe travels to Houston. It will not be cold. I
2: promise you that on the sidelines. I, I am so excited. Just a warmer game, warmer even. That it will be. Thanks so much. Amy Wells, Titans team reporter.
0: All right, Titans at Texans. Kickoff is at 3.25 p.m. on Sunday. It was flexed to a later time slot. I think there's seven games happening at the same time as all this playoff puzzle uh, looks to take form and take shape, and the Texans certainly hope that they can make a big impact on it because if they beat the Titans um, and uh, the Colts win, then the Colts are the AFC South champions. Now, if they both lose – then the Titans will be the AFC South champions because they hold the tiebreaker over the Colts. So that's just one that's just one one piece of the puzzle of this AFC playoff picture because it can go a number of different ways. So lots of games to be watching. They'll all be happening at the same time. You can catch the Titans and Texans on CBS also on Sports Radio 610 and listen to the coverage there. Also Deshaun Watson could set some records. Brandon Cooks could hit 1,000 yards receiving for the season. Uh, There's a lot of milestones that you uh, could see happen in Sunday's game. So that's all coming up. Also be sure to check out Texans Unlimited presented by Verizon. It's our pregame show. Drew Doherty and I will bring you one final show from the 2020 season up from the deck at NRG Stadium. We'll answer fan questions. We'll have your top stories of the week we catch up with uh, Mark Vandermeer um, up in the booth it's it's a really great show so if you can be sure to download the Houston Texans mobile app and turn on your notifications we're also on Facebook on YouTube uh, we're pretty much everywhere. So uh, just like this podcast. So if you've liked what you've heard so far, be sure to give me a like and a, a listen. And and stay tuned for these podcasts here in the offseason. We're going to have some great guests. And I'm going to be unrolling a new podcast in the next few weeks. So stay tuned on that. But for now, that's going to do it for our Deep Slant podcast presented by Xfinity. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a great Happy New Year. Best... Best of luck here in 2021 as this this new year gets rolling. Uh, Stay safe out there, and as always, go Texans.